Amen. Take your Bible and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians 16. I want to talk to you this morning about walking in wisdom. And this, believe it or not, is actually still connected to what we've been talking about over the last two weeks in, in exploring who the Holy Spirit is and how the Holy Spirit ministers to us in following Him. Because sometimes we get this idea that, you know, the Scripture talks about that those who uh, follow the Spirit, they are the sons of God, right? Say yes. Yes. Yes, and so uh, it also talks about that that we that, that we walk in step with the Spirit, and so we we sometimes get the idea <coughs> that walking in step with the Spirit means that everywhere we go, that we ought to be audibly hearing God say, "Okay, step right here, step right here, step right here," you know, and that every step we take, we have to be audibly directed by by the Holy Spirit. We used to joke about sometimes that some people are like. You know, I looked out the window this morning, I heard the Lord say to me, you know, you better take an umbrella this morning. You know, and, and so sometimes we get this idea that following the Spirit makes this this kind of weird, mystical person that's just somehow always hearing voices and things. Now, I believe that God speaks to us today. Amen. And it's a matter of learning to hear Him. I believe that God speaks to us supernaturally. He speaks to us prophetically, which we're going to talk about in a week or two. He speaks to us uh, through the, the word of knowledge. He speaks to us in visions and dreams, I believe. But I, I, want, I want to just bring this down to reality for many of us right now because <clears throat> sometimes we seem to have this idea that following the Lord is this unattainable thing and, and we live in the real world, and so it's not for us. And I want to talk, if that's you, I want to talk to you today, because following the leading of the Holy Spirit is not always about hearing voices. It's about learning to discern God's will in a situation through wisdom. You see, the Holy Spirit does more in His ministry to us than just directing us in everyday decisions. He develops us so that we learn to walk wisely. In other words, God is more concerned with the who than He is the what. And when you get the who right, the what usually falls in sync with that. Right? And so... When the Holy Spirit is working in us, He is developing us so that we learn to make wise decisions. And, and when, we, when He develops us to be the kind of person he's, God's called us to be, what we do comes out of what we are. Therefore, God is more concerned with determining what we become than what we accomplish. So here's the key truth today. The decisions that we make today determine the stories we tell tomorrow. We make our decisions, and then our decisions make us. And so the Holy Spirit wants to be involved to help us to make us to help us to make wise decisions so that we end up walking the path He has for us. Many people have a difficult time making decisions today, have a more difficult time making decisions today than they did in the past. 
And one of the reasons why is that there are just so many decisions that we have to make on a daily basis today. Our, our culture is so sped up and so over-informed on everything that the fear of missing out is a real problem. It's a real psychological problem in our world today. There's so much information for us to process that we can't process at all, and that makes it difficult sometimes. There's a second reason, though. Ours is the first generation that has had to deal with the illusion of perfection. Because of social media, we, present, we can present our lives as being perfect. Many times we, we judge our behind-the-scenes by somebody else's highlight reel. We, we look at somebody else's life and we think that, that you know, I should, have a, uh, uh, I should be able to have a life like theirs. I'll talk to you as a pastor. Because a lot of pastors are full of themselves and full of something else. And they post it on Facebook and they say, they say, you know, we had such an incredible move of God at church today. And oh, I've got a word from God for next Sunday. Well, maybe so. Praise God. But you watch them week after week, and it's the same thing week after week. And I'm telling you, that their services are not what they're hyping them up to be. But as a pastor, I can look at that and say, well, we had a good service last week too, you know? And, it's, and I get into that comparison game. But what, I, what that pastor is not posting is that, you know, he had five people complaining to him and, and had this going wrong and they're struggling to meet the budget and all that stuff. That's the behind the scenes stuff, but that's not who he puts on Facebook for everybody to see. Now, in your life, and you maybe don't have to deal with those kinds of issues, but maybe you're dealing with you know, somebody bragging about their, their, their child that just graduated with a 4.0, and, and your, your child is, is struggling to just get by from one class to the next, or struggling to raise enough money to even get to college if they can go at all, and you're thinking, why can't I have a child like theirs? Well, they see, that's their highlight reel, and all you can see is your own behind-the-scenes stuff. And when, believe it or not, when we are looking at somebody else's highlight reel, that becomes information that we have to work through in order to make wise decisions in our own life because then we get, begin making decisions in order to keep up rather than to follow the leading of the Lord. Is this making sense so far? So <clears throat> then we have to deal with the idea of God's perfect will, the illusion of perfection. There's a doctrine or an idea that circulates that there is God's perfect will and it's, it's carved in stone and there's no deviating from it. And then sometimes they'll say, but then there's God's permissive will, which is like a step down. You know, it's like the economy class of God's will. And, and, and that's okay too, but it's the cheap seats in following God, right? <clears throat> Scripture does not present it that way. Scripture tells us what God, that God's perfect will is this, is this path, but it's not a matter of choosing plan A or plan B or completely being out of God's will. There is the will of God that's, a, that's a, 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 a string or a current that runs down the middle of our lives, and we spend our lives navigating trying to stay fo as focused on it as we can. 
And sometimes we're a little bit off. Sometimes we're right on the mark. But it's, it's like, you know, when you're flying or when you're driving, you have to make constant course corrections to get closer to the will of God. And so sometimes we have this idea that there is just God's perfect will. Like, for example, when you're looking for a mate, there's this one that God's given, that God set aside for me, and, and nobody else is wrong. And if I mess up and marry the wrong person, then everything is ruined for the rest of my life, and I can never be in God's will again. Baloney. I, I do believe that God has a, the perfect person because I got the perfect one for me. <laughs> but let's just say that you marry somebody that, that may not have been the best choice. That's part of God's story of redemption. You say, well, I don't know if I married the right person. I think I want a divorce. If you're married to them, you married the right person. Because the minute you married them, they became the right person. And God wants to work in that relationship. So you understand, the, the point is sometimes that we, we sometimes have this illusion of perfection and we think that if we step just one step to the left or one step to the right, that we have ruined everything. But understand that the, the decisions we make is not just a matter of walking this perfect line. It's a matter of making wise choices which is a lot more ethereal, which is a lot more vague. It's a lot, it's a lot less defined. But the Holy Spirit enables us to become the kind of person that He wants us to be so that we can make wise decisions and walk the path He has for us. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? And so, so, so I want to just, I want to show you this morning that Sometimes following God's will is not as cut and dried and clear as we would like for it to be, but that's okay. So how do we know what God wants us to do? If anyone wants to know God, if anybody should have known God's will, it would have been the Apostle Paul. I mean, think about it. He started churches. He wrote the biggest portion of the New Testament. This guy, if anybody could hear clearly from God, it would be him. But look at 1 Corinthians 16. <clears throat> look at six, uh, verses 6 through 9. Perhaps. Everybody say perhaps. perhaps. Well, you know what that means? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Perhaps I will stay with you for a while or even spend the winter. Maybe. So that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. For I don't know what to see you now and only make a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost, because a good door for effective work is open to me. And there are many who oppose me. So, so watch this. This is the Apostle Paul, and he says, Maybe, maybe I'll come and stay with you a while. Maybe the whole winter. I don't know. We'll see. Wherever, and you can help me wherever I go, because I don't know where I'm going. I hope I can spend some time with you. Not sure, but if the Lord permits. And by the way, this thing where I'm at now, I'm here because there's a work that's open to me, so I'm going to follow through with it. There are people that are opposing me, but I'm going to stay at it. You understand? This is not Paul saying, yea, as I was lying in my horizontal position this morning. The word of the Lord came unto me, said, Go ye unto your brothers in Ephesus. Spend thou the winter there, 
And then follow the map unto which I have given you. He doesn't say any of that, does he? He just says, maybe I'll come and spend some time. Might stay the winter. Hey, there's something that opened up here. I'm going to see this through. But there's some people in the way. There's a lot of uncertainty right here, isn't there? And yet this is the guy that gives us the word of the Lord that we believe is the written word of God today. So even Paul didn't have a clue with what was to come, yet he served God very effectively. So if you feel a little bit like Paul here, take comfort in the fact that God does not always show us all the details. Man makes his plans, but the Lord determines his steps. That's what Scripture says. So we grow in God's plan step by step. Every step we take, God moves us a little bit further along in the plan for his life. So, so many of us run to God saying, tell me what to do. But if we allow him to determine who we are before, we, before what we do, then the rest of it will work itself out. So let's put it this way. As I said earlier, it's who before do, right? Who you are before what you do. And it's why before what? Who before do and why before what? When you are becoming the right who, God will show you the right do. When you are walking in the right why, God will show you the right what. Here is what we need to understand. God does not always show us what to do, but He will give us the wisdom to decide. And this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Remember what Jesus said that when the Spirit comes... That he will lead us into all truth. And that's more than just having good doctrine. That's, he will lead us into the fullness of everything God has set aside and revealed for us. And so the Holy Spirit will enable you to walk in wisdom. Wisdom is one of the most important traits we can receive from God. I mean, remember King Solomon. Solomon became king. He offers this animal sacrifice. He offers a thousand burnt offerings. And God tells him in a dream that he would give him anything he wants. So Solomon doesn't ask for wealth, riches, honor, long life, death to his enemies, anything like what a king would normally ask for. Instead, Solomon asks for wisdom. Wisdom to lead. And because God was impressed with this response that he asked for wisdom, God says, fine, I'll give you wisdom and I'll give you everything else. And so wisdom is the root to everything God wants to do in our lives. Proverbs 4, 7, written by Solomon, says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Now think about this for just a second. Sometimes we spend all of our effort asking God to deliver us, to fix our problems. And the whole time, God is working to give you wisdom to make good decisions to figure it out yourself. That's not easy, though, is it? Have you ever said, those of you that are a little along in years, not in, you know, you're not in high school anymore, but you've walked through some life as an adult, how many of you ever said, if I only had known then what I know now? Do you know what that means, though? This is good. That means you've developed some wisdom, right? You've developed wisdom from your experiences, and so you have a, a, a greater capacity to follow the will of God and make wise decisions. You've received directional wisdom. 
So, real quick this morning, I want to give you three aspects of walking in directional wisdom so that the Holy Spirit can lead us. Because many of us don't need another, uh, 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 we don't need another divine intervention as much as we need wisdom in our current circumstances. That's how God wants to intervene in many of our situations. So let me give you just three simple words. The first word is this, walk. Everybody say walk. walk. What does that mean? What's the deal about walking? Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and you will become wise. So imagine with me for just a second. You see three guys in the front of a pickup truck. You know something bad's about to happen, right? Because if you see three guys in a pickup truck, sooner or later, one of the three is going to say, hold my beer, and something bad is going to happen, right? Now, that person probably would not do whatever stupid thing he's about to do if it wasn't for the other two guys agging him on, right? I can make wise decisions when I'm by myself, but when you get in this group mentality and then you're starting to try to compete with, you know, and, and, and keep up with and look cool and all that stuff, you start making dumb decisions. Walk with the wise and you'll become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. So understand this. Who you hang out with, who you spend time with, determines the level of wisdom you can walk in. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. It is almost impossible to live the right life if you have the wrong friends. Think about, think about Bryce, for example, and others that are struggling to be free of addiction. If you want to really be free of whatever it is that has you bound, you have to stop hanging out with the people that lead you down that path. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. So, let me ask you, of your closest friends, how many are serving God? And I'm not talking about don't ever hang out with the unsaved. I'm not talking about you can't be friends. Yes, you can. But I'm talking about those that you spend, that are in your inner circle, that you spend the most time with, that influence you the most. How many of those are serving God? Now notice the imagery in this verse. It's walk with the wise. Walk with them. It's the idea of doing life with them. It's more than simply going to a wise person and asking for advice. It means we're actually plugged in, doing life together. And, And by the way, this is why we need the church. This is why we need uh, connect groups and why we need Sunday school classes. I was in my office this morning um, uh, getting ready for the, for the service, and I don't know which class it was, but I heard one of the adult classes in the back of the room laughing really loud, and somebody walked in and they started cheering for them. And, and I thought, this is awesome. There's just this, there's this bond there. There's this connection there. They weren't there for a class. They were at a family reunion, praise God. They were doing life together. And that's the idea here, walking with the wise, walking with them through life. Think about what you want most in life. Maybe it's a strong marriage. Maybe it's to be successful financially. Maybe it's a strong spiritual life. Now, if those are three things that you want, take a look at those that are closest to you. If you're walking with the wild and the broken and the broke, then you will become like those that you walk with. Get close to those who have the qualities 
that you want most. Walk with them. If you want to make better decisions, hang around better people. (laughs) Boy, that got quiet. If you want to make wise decisions, hang around wise people. If you want God's direction, hang around God's people. Doesn't mean you don't minister to those who are far from God, but you're walking with the wise. And by the way, that's what discipleship is. That's all discipleship is. Do you want to disciple someone? Spend time with them. That's the only way. You can't disciple somebody completely through a book. A book's help, and, 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 and classes help. That's all part of it. But if you really want to make a difference in someone's life, spend time with them, walk with them. Or do you want somebody to disciple you? Well, then invite them over for coffee. It doesn't have to be a formal thing. Understand, if, if you're a younger person here today and I say, I want somebody that's further along in their walk with God to disciple me. Well, some people you can walk up to and say, I need you to disciple me. I want to be your disciple. And some people, that's a gift they have, a calling they have. Go for it. But there are some people you, you go up to and you say, I want you to disciple me. That's scary. Oh, whoa, uh, I don't, I'm not up to that, you know. Why? Is there, there's something intimidating about that idea because we don't really understand what discipleship is. So let me ask, let me, let me give you a little bit of wisdom here. If you want someone that's older than you or further along in, the walk, in your walk with God than you are, don't go and formally ask them to make you their disciple. Do this. Invite them over to coffee. Invite them out to eat and pay for their meal. Just say, I want to just hang out with you for a little bit. And when you do that, you can start talking to them about what's going on in your life. And you can tell them, look, I've seen these qualities in you. How did you get here? Where, you know, tell me your story. And, and just start this conversation. You see how relaxing that is? Just how immediately you're just kind of at ease. Like, tell me a little bit about your life. You know, I love, I watch, I see this in you. I see this, this intimacy you have with God. I want that. How did you get there? And just start talking. That's discipleship. It's actually very, very easy. Discipleship is as much caught as it is taught. You get around someone that has learned some wisdom, and you start gleaning from that in your own life. So walk with the wise. Secondly, the second word, ask. Everybody say ask. James 1.5 says it like this, if, you, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now, the context of that verse is he's just got through saying, uh, count it all joy when you fall into all kinds of different types of trials, for the testing of your faith produces patience and so on. And then he, in the middle of all that, he says, if you need wisdom, ask God. So what is he asking wisdom for? He's at, he says, ask God for wisdom and how to handle the trial you're in right now. That, that wisdom is very specific to dealing with the mess in your life. How many of y'all got mess in your life? Come on. But yeah, the rest of y'all are lying. We all got mess in our lives, and that's when we need to turn to God and say, Lord, I need wisdom. We ask for that. So you think about it, parents. Parents know more than their kids, right? We hope parents know more than their kids. And, and when, you're, when your child is very young, as a parent, you, in their eyes, you know everything, right? Mom or dad is their hero. And then they become teenagers. 
and mom and dad doesn't know anything. You just don't get it, dad, right? I always said I was not going to be one of those parents that when, when their child was playing these video games, that they wouldn't have a clue and just say, well, that's not like it was in my day. And yet Lydia has these games. I'm like, how in the world do you even play that? I need Pac-Man and Donkey Kong. I mean, I don't, un- I don't understand this stuff that they're playing these days. And then I realize I've become my father, you know. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens because as a teenager, your parents don't know anything. But then when they get into their 20s and they're starting to have to go out and do adulting a little bit, then, well, maybe mom and dad know something, right? They know a little bit. And then the next phase is they become the parents, right? Every one of us goes through this. So our goal then as parents should be to be low-maintenance parents to our adult children. What does that mean? It means that hopefully we have equipped our children to walk in wisdom in their own life. But that also means that we're available to provide wisdom when it's needed. See, as a parent, we may have a lot of opinions. And I'm experiencing this now that Lizzie's married and she's got her own family and and making their own decisions. I've got a lot of opinions about things. But you know what? I don't just share those opinions unless I'm asked. Why? Because hopefully I've equipped her, Kim and I have equipped her to make wise decisions. But if she asks, then I'm ready. Have you you all ever read, um, it's an old book called uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Some of you all read this. This was a revolutionary book to Kim and me. Because in it I discovered that, that men are wired, generally speaking, to be problem solvers. And women are, are wired, generally speaking, to, to, for emotional connection. And so when, when the wife comes to the husband telling about a problem and the husband starts to go into problem-solving mode, that generally does not go well for either of them, right? Can anybody relate? <clears throat> well, see, I was doing this. Kim would come to me with talking about an issue at work, and I'd say, well, you need to do this and do this. And, 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 and it, I could tell she was very sweet about it, but I could tell she was kind of frustrated. I wasn't, like, meeting the need that she needed there. And, 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 and then I read this book, and I found out why. She wasn't looking for a problem, for a solution to her problem. She was looking for me to enter into the problem with her and just be there with her, right? Ladies? Yeah. All right. So I learned that, and, so I, and I found out, you know, this is actually a lot easier because I don't have to come up with a solution. I can just say, you know, well, I'm so sorry. That sounds really hard. Are you, you okay with that? I mean, you know, just kind of enter into it with Well, then one day, not too long after that, she's coming to me with a problem, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's so hard. You know, are you doing okay? You know? And, and I could tell she was getting frustrated. And I finally went, hang on a second. Are you, looking, are, are you looking for me just to empathize with you, or are you looking for a solution? She said, no, I need a solution. Okay, well, here's what you do. All right. So, <laughs> and many times, many times, with, even with our kids or with somebody else, we see a problem and we, we say, well, let me just bestow upon you my wisdom when it's not asked for, you know? We're robbing people the opportunity to ask when we do that. There is something about asking that opens us up to receiving wisdom. Sometimes we don't need to share our wisdom so quickly. Sometimes we need to let our children or whoever come and say, I need help. Let us ask. I mean, just think, this is what God does for us. 
right? We're in, a, we're in our mess, and God says, ask me. Ask me for wisdom. So if you're in the mess, ask. That's how you gain wisdom. Ask. And ask people who are further down the road than you. Don't ask your broke uncle for financial advice. Right? Ask somebody who is further down the road. So, here's the deal. If you want to have wisdom from God, you have to spend time with Him. In order to ask, you have to spend time with Him. You say, okay, God, I need wisdom. I'm waiting, right? And the truth of the matter is, God will reveal wisdom as we walk with Him. Many times it's by when we get into the Word of God and suddenly there's a verse that leaps off the page at us. Or we're in prayer and suddenly that God just drops something in our spirit. There was one occasion where I was really upset about something and, and I was right here at this altar and I was praying. I'm like, God, why did, I, I, I was disillusioned in, in something I saw in a, a hero of mine. And, and I, was, I, I was just really mad that I seen this. I didn't want to see it. And I was frustrated. And I was just kind of just mad at God even about it. I'm like, God, why did you show me this? And I'm just, you know, just, I didn't want to know this. And, and I just kind of just railing off at God like that. And, and, and I did that for a little while. And I don't throw around God told me very often, but this is one of those times where God told me. God literally interrupted me in the midst of my rant and said, I showed you this so that you would not be impressed with him. And, I, and it, it stopped me in my tracks. And I just, I just I began to process that and realize how much I had made an idol out of this person. That was wisdom that God gave me. And, and I'm like, you know, my first thought was impressed with them. What is that? And, and that opened the door for me just to begin to search my own heart and realize how I had set this person up on a pedestal. So there's those moments where you, when you spend time with God in His Word, in prayer, that wisdom comes. So you have to spend time in His presence, spend time in His Word, spend time with His people. Psalm 32, 8 says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. This is the picture of a loving Father walking with us, guiding us, advising us. This is what God wants to do for us. By the way, this is one of the benefits of praying in the Holy Spirit. That when we pray in the Holy Spirit, when God gives us that prayer language and we pray in tongues, and we, the Bible tells us that we, the Holy Spirit through our spirit is praying unto God, praying the perfect will of God. And when we pray in the Spirit, it, 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 it bypasses our understanding to enable us to walk in closer wisdom with him so we ask final word decide everybody say decide Decide. i've said this before but i I love this i love the the karate kid movie the first one the original one with with mr miyagi and so there's this great line in in karate kid where mr miyagi is talking to daniel son and he says daniel son must talk walk on road walk on right side safe walk on left side safe walk middle Sooner or later, get squished, just like grape, right? And there's so much wisdom in that. Jesus said it like this, I wish that you were either hot or cold. 
But because you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. In other words, make up your mind. Choose a side. And this, I believe, is part of where this difficulty in making decisions comes from in our society today because we have this illusion of perfection. We have so many voices pulling us in so many different directions and and we just kind of get this analysis paralysis where we just stop and we don't know what to do. When we're in that moment, we have to choose to choose. We have to make a conscious decision to choose and make a decision. So the reason we do this, though, is we are so afraid of making a mistake. Sometimes, though, the most dangerous choice we can make is no choice at all. When I was learning to drive, in fact, Mr. Miyagi's wisdom is quite true because when I was learning to drive, when I was learning to drive, there was this bridge that we would go from my hometown in Center Star and Killen into Florence. Over Shoal Creek, there was this one-lane bridge. It went over Shoal Creek, old uh, historic bridge. And, when you, and it, so it, it narrows to one lane, and when you come off the bridge, it goes back to two lanes. Well, what do you do when you go from one lane to two lanes? You just go right over to the right lane, usually, right? Or if you're really fast, to the left lane. Well, I was 15 years old, just had started driving, and that just seemed like an impossible choice. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. You know, and I start driving right down the middle of the highway, right on the line. You know, I'm like, I'll stay on the line, I guess. You know, but I'm just like, I, I froze. I didn't know what to do. And my mom was freaking out. It's like, just pick a lane, you know. <laughs> and we it, just like grape. So, <laughs> and but many of us, we we're walking, we're, we're driving down that middle lane. We're driving over the line because we can't make a choice. Make a choice. Just choose. And so we may ask, you know, I I don't want to make a mistake, so how do I know? Is it God, is it me, or is it the devil? Well, if Scripture doesn't give you a clear direction, if Scripture doesn't give you a clear moral command, then you have wisdom to choose. Understand, if you make choices through wisdom, God honors those choices. One time Paul was trying to make a decision. And he did not say, the Lord spoketh unto me, thy servant thou shalt stay. No, watch what he says. 1 Thessalonians 3, 1, he says, So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We thought it best. There's even another passage, I don't have this on the screen, but in Acts 15, when they were dealing with this major theological issue about Gentiles coming into the church, They even said it like this. It seemed best to the Holy Spirit and to us. And I thought, well, was the Holy Spirit not sure? (laughs) But I think the way to interpret that is basically as best as they could discern from God. In other words, this is what we sensed. It's the way we would say this. This is what I sensed God saying to me. My, My mentor taught me one of the most useful phrases I've ever heard. He said, learn to say as best as I can hear from the Lord today, this is what I'm supposed to do. Now, what what does that mean? That means that I could be wrong. I could be missing it, but I'm trusting 
that if this is not the best decision, the Lord will show me. And this is what we have to do. We have to choose to decide based upon wisdom as best as we can hear from the Lord today. There are times when you have to make a decision. So what if we make a mistake? Guess what? Then you get wisdom. Right? Because some of your greatest sources of wisdom come from the biggest mistakes you make. You may get an extra bill in the mail or you may spend an extra semester in school, but you get wisdom. And that is a bargain if that's all it costs you. So listen, God is with us even when we don't get it right. And Scripture tells us He will make our paths straight. All we have to do is be faithful in our next step. We walk with the wise, we ask for wisdom, and we decide to do what's right as best as we can hear from the Lord today. Psalm 32.8, i close with this as the worship team comes. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. So here's, here's my point, the point of all of this today. First of all, we make our decisions, and then our decisions make us. But in saying that, maybe you're here today, and you're trying to hear from God, and you're thinking, God, why won't you give me clear direction? I want to challenge you today that just maybe, just maybe, He's giving you direction through wisdom And you simply need the resolve and the courage to do what you know is right. You could be one right decision away from a breakthrough in your life. Maybe there's that thing that you you know you're supposed to do. And you're just having trouble making the decision to do it. Just do it. Or maybe you say, well, I just I need a clearer word from God. There's this old trick, you may have done this, where people will take a coin and flip it up in the air, and you say, okay, you know, choose heads or tails. You know, the first thought that comes to your mind. You have to make a decision before it hits the ground, you know. And in that moment, when you can't think about it, what's your initial gut reaction? Most of us know what that reaction is. Why? Because there's wisdom there that God's given you. Some of, some of us are in limbo today because we're waiting for a direct word from God. I'm telling you today, choose. Just choose and trust that God is leading you by His Spirit. Let's all stand together.